You are an average of the five people you hang out with the most. And that's why we created the Unashamedly You Inner Circle. This year, we had our first ever Mix and Mingle event and did a live podcast recording. Join us in this episode as a speakers for the Unashamedly You Conference. Join me in this podcast. Welcome to the Unashamedly You podcast, a space to enlighten, encourage, and empower you to go out and unashamedly be who God is calling you to be. I am your host, Jamie Herndon. I pray you hear less of me and more of him as you listen to today's episode. Let's grow together. I know that this is a sacrifice of your time and of your finances, and I am so grateful that you are here, that you decided to spend your Friday evening with us for the Unashamedly You Inner Circle. Um, We hear often, you know, they talk about find your tribe, find your friends, find your people, and I want you to get a good look around the room tonight because this is your tribe. This is your circle. This is your people because if you are here It is because you want to level up, and it's because you are kingdom-minded, and you're wanting to do big things for the kingdom of God, and so does every single lady that is in here with you tonight. So I am super thankful for that, and you guys give yourselves a hand, and everyone that is in here with you for being in here. So also, for these amazing panelists and the ladies that are coming, they have traveled from other states, they've spent a lot of time, and the majority almost (laughs) are expecting uh, traveling all this way (laughs) and being pregnant. We're so grateful that they have done that tonight, and I'm just so, so thankful that they're here. Aren't you guys thankful? So excited. So how this is going to work is I'm going to ask a question to them, and uh, we'll all answer it, and we kind of kind of roll it like we do on a regular podcast. If you've listened to the Unashamedly You podcast, surely you have if you're here for the Inner Circle. (laughs) If you haven't, go and download it now. Um, (laughs) Like, share, and subscribe. But we're going to get started, so we're going to roll it a little bit like the podcast. But after we get through, we're only going to ask a couple questions. Then we're going to open it up to audience questions. So be thinking of something that you really want to ask one of these amazing ladies up here. You have... All the people that have all the backgrounds, they have all the knowledge, all the nuggets that you need in your life, so make sure that you're thinking of questions for them. So before we get started, I'll introduce myself first, and then they'll introduce themselves. So I am Jamie Herndon, and I am a mom of three. I am a wife to Matt. We have been married for 16 years, um, and I am essentially surviving on daily prayer and daily caffeine and coffee, (laughs) and that's how I do all the things. Um, and I am the founder and the dreamer, if you will, behind Unashamedly You. Okay. Hi, you guys. My name is Melody Silva. I am from California, and I recently got married, have a son, so I, I am very much in the learning curve stage of living, I feel like. Um, I run a business called Tune Bucket Piano Lessons where I encourage women to grow in their piano playing and to play like that they have always wanted. And I'm happy to be here. 
I am Chloe Fergie. I'm originally from Louisiana. Woohoo, go Tigers. Um, but I have recently moved, well, recently in the last five years to Missouri, where I live with my husband now. We are expecting, you can't tell at all, <laughs> but we are expecting our first child. Um, and I'm so happy to be here with all of you. I run a business called Sea Saucy, and we specialize in scrub skirt sets for medical professional ladies who desire to wear something different uh, in their job and in their field. So happy to be here. Um, I've been married five years. I have a dog, and that's, that's a little bit about me. Hello, everyone. I am Chelsea Fedrick. I have been married five years, and ever since I said I do, I have been evangelizing full-time. And for anyone who really, really knows me, they know that I go to church, and I go to church, and I go to church. <laughs> to say evangelizing is my life in heartbeat, that would be in probably an understatement. I love what I do. And my husband, he oftentimes, he preaches four, five, six nights a week, and I love to be there every step of the way. And if you know anything about the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram 7. And so if I don't go, I really feel like I'm missing out. But I am so happy to be here. Thank you, Jamie. Hi, I'm Medley. I um, am from Louisiana also. Whoop, whoop. Um, Chloe and I actually go way back. Um, we chose the same field. Uh, I became a nurse. I married my husband about a little over four years ago. Um, as probably a lot of you know, our life took a drastic turn, so it's been interesting, to say the least, figuring out this new journey that my husband and I are on, um, but we are in Louisiana. My dad's a pastor, and we work full-time with my parents in their church, and we absolutely love it, and um, God is calling us into ministry, and we're accepting that humbly, and so God's just doing a lot of great things, and we're excited, and I'm happy to be here. Hi everyone, my name's Charity Walter, and um, I'm the owner and CEO of Dainty Jewels, as many of you probably know, but I'm also mom to Montgomery Coleman, he's five. My husband, we've been married 10 years, and um, we just found out about 26 weeks ago we're expecting our second boy. We're super excited, um, thankful to be here, super excited about Unashamedly You. Um, we're really involved with our local church. My husband's a youth leader there, so we have 60 other adopted children <laughs> that keep me very stressed out sometimes, but it's okay. Um, but anyways, yeah, excited to be here. Thank you, Jamie. We are so excited for every single one of you to be here tonight. Um, so we are going to start out with a couple questions, like I said, and then we'll dive into you guys, the questions that y'all have for us. So We'll just start back down here with you. Um, what would you say was one of the biggest disappointments or challenges that you've had to face in life, and how did you overcome? Wow. <laughs> Which disappointment do I talk about? Um, you know, the interesting thing about life is as soon as you think you've gotten through one disappointment, here comes another one around the corner. <laughs> so um, when I had done the, pon the podcast with Jamie a few months ago, We'd been talking before the podcast, and we talked about, you know, no matter what season of life you're in, it doesn't matter. There's always something lacking. There's always a dream that still needs to be fulfilled. There's always something that you feel like you could do better or something that you wish that was a part of your life. 
And I think learning to live in those seasons and understand that that is how we live with an open hand to allow God to work is one of the, probably the greatest disappointment and one of the greatest lessons I've learned because then you see when God does come through, you know he did it because there's no other way that he could or that that could have happened. Um, I would say for me, I moved away from home when I was 23 when I got married and I left all my family, anything familiar with my church, my home state, the, even the good food in Louisiana, um, small things like that that are so familiar to me, and it really, it rocked my world. It turned my world upside down, and I remember I was going through a really hard time, and I went and saw my doctor because I was just, I felt like I was going crazy, and she said, you have been through trauma. She said, your whole life is turned upside down, and you need to treat it that way, so obviously she was telling me, give yourself grace and give yourself time to adapt, but what I found was I got so locked into my new church and I locked into new friends. I didn't feel like I could make new old friends. So I really struggled leaving those deep connections that I had uh, rooted and grounded and spent so many years developing. Um, and my husband was great, but I really locked into the people of God and the church of God. And I can't imagine not having that community to support. I don't know how people do it without a church community um, through the good times, through the bad times. And they brought me in and they made me feel so comfortable. But to date, that's probably been the hardest thing that I've done. And the Lord has blessed that. I was able to move my business to St. Louis with me. Um, and that's been a growing process. But digging in deep to the relationships that the Lord put in my path, even if they weren't the comfortable ones that I was used to, really helped me overcome that hard season. Life is full of disappointments and challenges, no doubt, but I don't really want to focus on disappointments because I feel like those are always coming, and so are challenges. But one thing that I could look back and say was a big challenge for me was being at 20 years old, deciding to live for God with everything I had. Because once I got the Holy Ghost, I had to leave behind all those old things, all those friends. I had to leave my comfort zone because I had to step into a whole new life. I was made new. And so really trusting God and stepping out, I had to just believe, okay, this is God's will. And I just had to step out on that. And just every single day throughout that challenge, disappointments came, but every single day just say, God, you're in control. God, this is in your hands. And that's really the only way I know that I overcame that challenge was just trusting God and taking it day by day. How much time do y'all have? Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, probably by far the biggest challenge I've ever had. Um, three weeks after my husband and I got married, I also moved away from home, moved across, I just moved across the state, but it felt like, it felt like a, I was across the country. Um, and I was going through a lot of the same things. Um, but three weeks after we got married, obviously there was an explosion in our home. And that definitely turned our world upside down. Um, almost six months in the hospital and lots of surgeries and amputation. I could talk all day. Um, that by far is the toughest thing that I've ever been through. Um, very traumatic, full of 
PTSD and depression and just anxiety and so much recovery and so much that so much that we had to do to get to the point that we are now. Um, but how do you overcome that? Well, you just, first of all, you take it day by day. You can only, sometimes you can only take things, sometimes it's just taking it an hour by hour. And I definitely remember, and I know my mom does too, um, all those days in the hospital and being in ICU for three months, there was definitely times where you were just taking it hour by hour. It was just if we could get to the next hour. You know, if we can get to the next 30 minutes and without my family, without God, without the community of people that sur utterly surrounded us, I, I just don't see how we could have made it. Um, and that is one reason that community is so important because we can't do this by ourselves. If I had been in that hospital room every day by myself, I would not have made it. I, I wouldn't have. Mentally, I just could not have done that. But with, with God and my family and with the community, old and new, um, that just poured into us, I mean, that's, you know, that's a little, that's a little bit of how, you know, we overcame such a, such a challenging and traumatic time. So I'm going to be talking more about it tomorrow, so you all have to act all surprised, like you never heard a thing. But um, I will say life does happen to us all, and I'm 30. And I always thought, oh, life, like, it's not going to happen to me. You know, we, we all seem to think that, especially in our younger years. Um, I got married and moved across the country 3,000 miles away from all family, friends, similar stories. Um, and I wouldn't say what I'm going to share is a challenge, but it's a life lesson learned, and it's something that I feel like I'm continuing to learn. We're probably all still learning no matter what age season we're in, but learning to trust God in everything and stand on his word and his promises because his promises are true and they're written. And so I had my baby, a uh, boy, Montgomery, in 2018. He's five now. And everything went according to my plan, quote, unquote, you know. I said, oh, we'll have, me and my husband said, we'll have our baby when we, um, after, after we've been married five years, literally five years later, we had Monty. We got pregnant really easy, all the things, and well, then we got to where we started, you know, naturally wanting another baby and found out that it wasn't as easy as we thought we had control of, you know, and um, God was teaching us really to trust him, and um, I found out I was pregnant, and um, it, it was uh, with a baby who had been, that had been planted in the wrong spot. And um, they ended up having to rush me in emergency surgery. I'll share more details tomorrow. But it was very traumatic, and it caused a lot of issues um, for our future. And But with God, all things are possible. That's nothing for God. I mean, that's nothing for God. He can do anything. And so we went through all that. It was, like, very – it was shocking. It was traumatic, all the things. And then fast forward another year later, and we found out we were pregnant with our second um, miracle baby we felt – and we ended up losing that baby as well. And we kept saying, you know, God, what's going on? We don't understand, you know, how we do. And we, we asked God, we, we just don't understand. Um, make it make sense, God. And we believe and trusted God. And he gave us prophecies. And even through all that, we still, my husband was a lot stronger than me. I feel like sometimes women, our emotions um, are very strong sometimes. But thank God for my husband. Um, but 
I would say, you know, I don't understand God. What's going on? Um, what What is your purpose behind all this? And through it all, God made everything beautiful um, in his time. And I, I learned so many things, and I'm still learning, even in this pregnancy. But um, we have to trust God, and we have to surrender to his perfect will. I'm a planner. I got my notes. I got my questions right here. <laughs> Jamie gave me the questions before so I could plan ahead because she's amazing. But um, that's just me. I, have my, I feel like I'm a, a planner. But there's some things you can't plan, and there's some things that you have to lean on and trust God. So whatever season you're in, I'm still learning it in my business in all aspects of life. But trusting God and um, standing on his word and his promises. So good. I'll answer as well. Um, so I would say one of the biggest disappointments that I've had to learn in life and learning this even as an, at an early age is that people aren't perfect. They're going to let you down. There are family members that can let you down, friends. There's things that go on in life. And sometimes you just have to learn that people aren't perfect. But one good way to overcome that is to realize you aren't either. <laughs> You're a person. And realizing that in my own life, that you know what? I've also let people down. I've also done all these things that sometimes we get our feelings hurt over. Like you said, sometimes women are emotional creatures. And that's why I have unashamedly you. I'm like, we need this for us as women. Like, Matt does not need anyone to pat him on the back, tell him he's doing a good job. <laughs> he does not care. <laughs> he's going to just do the things. And I'm like, I need a pep talk all along the way. <laughs> and so that's just how we are. But, you know, a way to overcome that is just realizing I'm not perfect either. I need grace too. And whenever we give mercy, God said he's going to give mercy back. And that is a way to overcome so we'll go into the next question, and that is, what is one thing that you would consider is your greatest achievement or success, and did you have to do anything out of your comfort zone or to fully trust God to make that happen? Yes. <laughs> all, all of the things. If you're going to do anything great, it's going to be out of your comfort zone. It, I have learned, if you want to pray, Lord, use me. I'm going to do your will. Get ready. It's going to be out of your comfort zone going to be something you're not comfortable doing. You don't feel like you're qualified. You don't feel like you're equipped. There are 20 people. You could list their names and maybe their phone numbers of people that could do it better. But when God calls you to do something, you have to do it. I forgot the other part of the question. Do you consider your greatest achievement or success? Well, I mean, I probably could say Tomb Bucket. I, for a long time, I struggled with putting my face on social media. I didn't really care to be the person behind the face behind the business. Um, it, it, I didn't want people to see me as the person who played. I wanted them to see me for me and who I was and not any platform that I played on. So trust, that was a step of faith in trusting God in the area and that if I take this scary step and I'm vulnerable with people, Will they still like me? Or will they get on Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> Screenshot. And tell their opinion, you know, and and I, I'll get my feelings hurt and maybe get embarrassed in front of 20 or 30 people. But like I said, when God calls you to do something, you have to do it and you have to trust him. That's, that's the biggest thing. I give so much to God. God, I can't carry this. They said this. Here you go. 
I can't deal with that. I can't worry about it. I give it to you. I'm on to the next thing. And, and whatever he's called you to do, to do it scared because that's, that's what I do. I think comfort zones are so overrated, yeah. right? God didn't call us to live a boring life. He wants us to be bold, and there's lots of scriptures where he gives us access to him and access to that boldness. And so when it comes to success, I don't want to be identified by my success. That is something that I do, but that's not who I am. You know, I am a child of the king. We're all daughters of the king, and we all wear multiple hats, but we don't need to identify with those successes all the time. You need to identify that you are loved, and God thinks great thoughts about you, and identifying as his daughter. Um, and I think life comes in seasons. I'm thankful for seasons because that means some seasons end. Can I get an amen on that? We're thankful that seasons end. Um, and so I think I would have to attribute successes and seasons for my life. When I was going through a really hard, vigorous college program, the greatest success was just finishing it, <laughs> just getting out. And in some medical programs, there's a lot of um, jokes about, like, C's get degrees, or I'm going to see my way out of this program. You're just trying to get finished, right? It doesn't matter if you get the A or the C. So that was a success. And then, yes, starting my business, which I'm so thankful for, is, is a success. And I'm, I'm grateful every day for that. In my current season, growing a human and not vomiting <laughs> every day is, is a great success for me. So I think we can identify in all seasons of life what that looks like for you. Um, and so I can't really attribute one, you know, stable success to my life. But um, I'm thankful for all seasons, and I'm thankful seasons end. Greatest success achievement to be determined. <laughs> um, all In all honesty, I would have to say marriage for me, a peaceful marriage. My husband and I both, I believe on both sides, we both, on both sides, we come from, I think, 90 years or more of divorce and split homes. And so I'm so happy to say that I have a peaceful marriage and a peaceful home, and I thank God for that. And it takes faith, I would say, whenever you do both have backgrounds that come from broken homes to say, okay, we're going to get married and we're going to do it right. And no matter what comes, we're just going to get through it together. That's a tough question to answer. Um, you know, we all try to walk humbly before the Lord. So sometimes it's hard to try to say what is the greatest achievement or my greatest success. Um, I had a lot more trouble thinking about the answer to this question than to the other one. Um, and there's so many things. I think having a peaceful marriage is a huge success. And even if you don't come from a broken home, my husband and I are both blessed to not come from broken homes. We come from wonderful homes, but it's still been hard to make it a successful marriage. Um, I guess I would say one of the things that was the hardest for me to do, and it seems, maybe it seems kind of shallow or small, but when I got to the point in my recovery that I decided to take the step 
really it was a step of faith to start opening up and sharing on social media what I had been through. And that was a big step of faith for me because that was way out of my comfort zone, especially to post the first picture of myself. I remember struggling with that so much because I don't look like who I used to look like. And as women, our body image is so important to us. We can't really get away from that. It just is part of who we are. It's how God made us. Um, and taking that step of faith to open up and start sharing, I didn't know what the response would be. You know, you just, you never know. Social media can be a terrible place. Um, it can be really cruel. It can be, it can be great. It can be uplifting. It can be a tool. It's wonderful. And it also has its downsides. And so taking that step of faith to decide that I was going to venture out into that and start sharing and be vulnerable and be real and be transparent, that was really out of my comfort zone. But it was really something that I genuinely felt the Lord calling me to do. And I thought that that was crazy because I thought, surely God is not telling me to start posting on Facebook. That seems crazy. But, you know, in talking with my pastor and my husband and my family, everybody was so on board. And, like, you know, the community is already there, so you just need to step into it. And so I, I, I listened to them, and I listened to the Lord, and I did it. And I'm so thankful that I did. I have met women all over the country. I've run into people everywhere um, of all walks of life, of all different faiths that somehow know who I am and they followed my story. And I've had so many conversations with women literally everywhere in small towns and big towns and Hobby Lobby and Target. And every time it just reminds me that even if God tells you to do something crazy or that you feel like is crazy, surely God's not going to use social media. But that's what he's doing. And every time I have I meet somebody or have a conversation with somebody, it just reminds me that I have to step out of my comfort zone and trust what God says because he has a plan and he has a reason, even if it is well beyond my understanding, well beyond what I could see. When I first started posting, there's no way I thought four years later I'd be running into ladies at Hobby Lobby who were walking up to me bawling already saying, I can't believe I'm getting to meet you. I've been praying for you for four years in a different in a different faith, in a different walk of life. I mean, only God can do stuff like that. And so I guess if I had to put a greatest achievement on something, it would just be that God gave me the faith I needed to step out and to do that even when it just seemed really crazy because he had it all he had it all planned. Um, so just to preface it, um, with God, all things are possible and nothing that has happened, I, I know in any of our lives is because of us. And I know all these ladies agree. Um, and so I give all the glory to God. I wanted to share a story to kind of hopefully build your faith in giving. Um, since the beginning of Dainty Jewels, my husband and I have always been firm believers and we're blessed to be a blessing um, and giving to missions and giving to needs in our communities and giving to just whoever, whatever. And I say that very humbly. Please realize that. 
Um, but right now we're building our home, and so we're right in the middle of it. And every time I look at it, I think God, of how good God is. Um, so I thought I would share the story of that because it's hopefully going to be our forever home. Um, but it's such a blessing, and it's been all God. Um, but we had an evangelist come through, and he preached on, um, like, your blessing is in your giving. And it was like a seed offering, and it really touched us. And God spoke to my husband and I an amount to give, and it was like a big sacrifice. Give it. <laughs> yes, and give it, it was a step of faith, and yeah. it was 125 million percent out of my comfort zone and my husband's comfort zone. And it was almost, I don't want to say it in a bad way, but we were laughing when we did it because we were like, you know how you, you walk out in faith? But it was literally right, it was 2021, and it was right after COVID, a lot of business up and down economics all around, you guys know, um, just craziness in the whole world. And we committed and we gave it, and literally within three weeks of giving that offering, um, in faith, completely out of our comfort zone, literally not knowing what the next steps would be. It was all God. But um, we found a piece of property that we had dreamed of. We put an offer on the spot. It was accepted within two hours. It's literally probably the prettiest property, one of the prettiest properties in our valley. I want to say that because a lot of people have property. But um, we love it. We're in love with it. And it was God. And um, they accepted the offer super quick. That summer, we sold our home that we were living in for triple the price that we had paid for it. And it was just like God gave that, that offering back multiple times. And then my husband didn't tell me this really until like three or four weeks after we gave the first offering. He said, I did tell God that night if he met our sales goals for this second quarter or third quarter, wherever we were at, that we would give the same offering again. And I was like, okay, God. I, you know, I smiled. And I really did. I felt faith, and I knew that it was God. You know you know how you are. Your flesh wants to be like, eh, but you know the Holy Ghost is like, that's it. And so we're like, okay, let's do it. So we gave this, the same offering again. And um, since then, um, in God's timing, of course, we started building our home, and God has blessed it and blessed our business and blessed so many different avenues of our lives, gave us our miracle baby. I know so many things connect to giving, um, and I don't want to just narrow it down to one thing. But when she mentioned this last year at the conference, she said, we gave it a significant amount offering, and I thought it was just like a significant number, like I said, in my head. Then she told us the number. I like fell out of my seat. I'm like, that is more significant than I was thinking of, but yes. Um, <laughs> and, but it raised my faith because I'm like, you know what? She did this through a clothing company. And so many of you guys know that that's just, she talked about on the podcast, that's just a dream, something she started. She decided the name of the clothing company, like what, in your car at, in her car at 16. She just thought of the name really fast. <laughs> and she said now she's like completely tied to Danny Jules. Everyone knows them as brother and sister Danny Jules. <laughs> but God has blessed it in ways that she didn't even think of or imagine. And every single one of them talking about that, it's not about our success or our achievements, but it's about what God's calling us to step out of our comfort zone and do. And I'll answer this question as well, and then we'll take questions. And I feel like one of my greatest achievements that I have done in stepping out of my comfort zone 
um, to do that and fully trusting God is learning how to get to not allow the opinions of others override what God has told me. When God has spoken something, when God has provided something, and someone says, oh, really? Um, did you know such and such is doing that too? Or did you know that was a scam? Or are you really going to do that? You're not going to make any money. You're going to lose money. And learning to say, you know what? It doesn't matter what anyone else says. What matters to me is that God is answering my prayer under a pew. And if they don't like how he's answering it, I don't like how he's answering it either. It might be out of my comfort zone, something I'm not wanting to do. But I'm willing to throw all those things to the side to do what he's providing for me and to do what he's asking of me. And so that's probably what been one of the hardest and greatest things that I've done is to learn to not listen to opinions, but to get underneath the pew. So does anybody have a question that you would like to ask? And you can even say if it's for one person or for everybody. Um, how do you manage being an entrepreneur and a mom and all the things that you're involved in in your church? Like, how do you keep balance? I can answer. I will say I have no answer, actually. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out right now, like as of this whole week and year and past five years. But... I remember Brittany Scott spoke last year, and she said you have to, first of all, give yourself grace because there's a lot of pressure. I was just talking with Chelsea about this tonight. Um, I've been kind of getting off social media a lot more lately because I feel like, y'all, I'm fandom like crazy, but I feel like there's a lot of pressure to do this, not do this, do that, don't do this. You're not spending enough time with them. You are spending enough time with them. And so give yourself grace. Um, one thing Brittany Scott shared was there will be busy weeks you know, and it's true in my life. I have some weeks where it's like I work 12, 15-hour days, and I feel like the worst mom ever. But then the next week, if I have extra time, I try and really focus on Monty and my house and my husband and all the things. But I will say trying to keep family first. I also ha heard another podcast. I want to finish it this week. Um, but she was saying how this is something that this generation is learning. It's brand new because in previous generations, they didn't have the opportunity to start an online business at home and also be a mom. And if you wanted to have a business, you were probably going into your business workplace. You already had childcare arranged. Um, it was just a different world. We're, we're, today, we're very blessed to be able to have online businesses. And so, again, giving yourself grace and... I know, like, with myself personally, I've surrounded myself with a good support system. Monty, I try to tell myself he's having just as much fun at grandma's and my mom's as he would here, which they're amazing, and he has way more fun with them. But, <laughs> like, I always still feel guilty he's not right with me. So having a good support system, giving yourself grace because you are a good mom, praying that God will make up the difference. I've been praying that a lot lately. God, you know what I've fallen short on with my son. God, please make up the difference because I want him to live for you ultimately and serve you with his whole heart. So, but I am still learning, so you probably don't want to take any of that advice. <laughs> um, I would say the answer to that question is there's no such thing as balance, so throw it out the window. There is a such thing as a priority, and what you are prioritizing in some weeks are going to change compared to the next weeks, like, um, for instance, with Unashamedly You. Like, We've been very focused this week on getting all the things done. Today, getting all the things done. And yes, at the end of this, or sometimes during the middle of it, I think, 
oh my goodness, I haven't been spending enough time with my kids or doing all the things that, you know, all the other things that are falling way behind on, like laundry. I'm thankful for my mom. She come and help me. <laughs> Otherwise, we might not have had anything clean to wear tonight. Um, so it's like, you know, some, but some weeks um, the house was a priority and I could get all the things done. And then some weeks I was able to do all the other things. So it's just like every day you just know what your priorities are for that day. And sometimes there are things that are really important and they're high on the priority list, but you don't, it's not that way every day. You don't make your business a priority over your family every day. You don't make, um, you know, but you can't make your kids your priority over your marriage every day either. So it's just prioritizing those things and just realizing if something's fallen way short, hey, I need to take some time. You know, like I'm going to get to clean the house after this week. <laughs> I promise, babe. <laughs> um, so it's like you realize those things that your priorities change week after week. But everything to be in balance, it's not going to be possible. And it's not even really, it's not feasible. And don't worry about it. <laughs> it's not, there's no such thing. Um, I'm not a mom yet, so you can take this or leave it. But something my husband and I that I'm actually really proud of that we in these five years have taken steps to prepare for when we have children and when we need to put boundaries in place. Um, and that is the lost art of having a Sabbath. And I'm sure all of us in this room are very involved in your church. And so that Sunday is not always a Sabbath or the biblical form of a Sabbath. And it's a really interesting study if you ever have the time to dive into the historical meaning of a Sabbath, but I love Tuesdays. Oh my goodness. Mondays are so busy. It's our meetings. I'm at the office really late. Um, it's my longer days. My husband's busy, but we know if we can get to Tuesday by 5 p.m., we don't schedule anything. Um, and and that, that's good for our marriage too, but I know when we have a child in the mix, it's going to look different, but we purposely and intentionally do not schedule anything past 5 p.m. on a Tuesday unless we both mutually agree that that's what we want to do with our time. Um, and so I just wanted to encourage anyone in here, Sundays are work days for a lot of us, even if you're not in full-time ministry. You're, you're giving to people, you're teaching Sunday school, Wednesday nights, if your church is on that night, um, it's busy. Every evening we can find things to, to fill our time with. We don't know how to not be busy. We sit there and twiddle our thumbs. We're like, what, what are we supposed to be doing right now? It, just, it doesn't feel right to relax. But that's not how God intended it. God wants everyone to have a Sabbath. And so whatever evening that looks like for you, I just really encourage you with your family, with your kids, to carve out set time. Um, and that can make up, that intentional time can make up a lot of lost time. That one evening of just quality time with the people you love the most, it has revolutionized our marriage and our home. And even my parents, we would hang out with them all the time, but they know, don't touch our Tuesday evenings. I'm so glad you said that because I have asked random people over the last couple months about, you know, that's one of the Ten Commandments is to keep the Sabbath holy. What does that mean? Because I had been a music director for 18 years, which meant we had two services on Sunday. So you get to church at 830 in the morning, which means you get up at 630. You have practice. Church starts at 10. You get out of church at 12. You go to lunch. Right. You guys are following me. You get home at 2 o'clock, you take a 20-minute nap, get up and get dressed, you're back at the church at practice for 3.30 or 4, right? And if you're standing and playing, that's a whole nother sermon for a different time. <laughs> so by the time Sunday night gets 
finished, especially if you've had a shout service and you're standing, playing in a pair of heels on one leg for three hours, that's what you're doing when you stand and play in heels. Your body, I used to go home on Sunday nights. I was so physically exhausted. My body hurt and I couldn't even go to sleep. I was in so much pain. And um, I recently heard this about the Sabbath because I struggled with it, right? I like to do things. I have a to-do list all the time. And I, have, I, I like to be techie. I have all these fancy apps. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to show you my, I'll show you my fancy to-do list. It's really pretty. <laughs> so what's the point of a Sabbath? Because I'm not going to get anything done on the Sabbath. How is it productive? Well, Sabbath is about trust. Can I trust God with this time or this day that he's going to fill in the gaps and that what is happening in my life, the success is not because of me. It's because of him. And when I heard that, it blew my mind. So great job. I'm working on that too. Okay, to piggyback off of that, I feel like you guys are probably all very busy (laughs) in these seasons of your life. How do you deal with burnout? Because I'm sure you've all been there. Um, And how do you not shut down? How do you, I'm sure you're always, you always feel needed. And especially as a mom too, like you feel like somebody needs you at every point. How do you deal when that burnout hits? And how do you come out of it? (laughs) How do you stay out of it? Um, I told them, don't ask me first. And here I am just answering them all first. So God is good. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I've been there and I go through seasons where I'm there more than I want to be. Um, one, you have to trust God that he's, this is your, you know, what he's given you, you're calling your purpose in life. But a lot of things just happen at once over the past couple years in our lives. And we moved, we sold our house, all the things, you know, a lot of busyness, Danny Jules blew up. But, um, what I've, this is just me, but I made myself most of the time when you're at that spot and burnout, um, or when I'm at that spot in burnout, I know it's because I probably haven't been spending as much time praying as I need to be. And like having that sincere one-on-one time with God. A lot of times my prayer time is crashing in bed and then praying and then probably ending up falling asleep. That's, I shouldn't say a lot of times, but uh, when I'm burnout, that's what I'm doing. And I've literally had the best refreshing moments because the Holy Ghost is the rest. And so, um, when I go down to the church by myself after the baby, my son was in bed, my husband stayed at home with him, and I literally just pour my heart out to God and give him everything. And I still go the next day back to work. I still go do the same exact things I was doing the day before. But there's something about getting lost in the presence of God by yourself. That's, that's what works good for me. And um, pouring your heart out to him and casting your care on him. And he'll trade you that burden and that heaviness you feel and that burnout and life, life, life. That's just my personal experience. The art of saying no, saying yes to the right things. And like she said, balance is a really hard thing to strike, but prioritizing the right things in that season. of And every season looks different. Um, but giving permission to yourself to say no to certain things, even if it seems like, They're all good things, but what's the best yes? Um, And that's something as women, we do want to be needed. We want to be helpers. We're naturally those helpmates. And so in every area of our life, we're wanting to pour out and pour out and pour out. And this is the medical side of me coming out to teach. And you you can attest to this. 
you're no good to anyone else if you're in an unhealthy state in your own self and in your own mind. And so, again, I'm not a mother, so you can throw this out the window, but if you are not having that time to withdraw and recoup in yourself, whatever that looks like, maybe it's going to get a facial, maybe it's going to a coffee shop by yourself and reading, whatever refills that in you, you have to prioritize yourself to some extent at different seasons of life. And so building in the best yes, taking care of yourself as a mom and as a wife and as a sister and a daughter and every role that you play, you're not going to be at your healthiest state if you're not taking care of yourself. And so I'm a huge advocate for women taking care of themselves on the physical side, what we put inside of our bodies, um, our physical exercise being the best we can be because we have so many demands in life. And if you are not taking care of yourself, you're not going to be good to those people. You're not going to be worth as much as you could be. I told my cousin, I am not going to have a lot to say. <laughs> Here I am. Reminds me of um, there was a season in my life and I had a friend who had been a pastor's daughter and serves in ministry. And I had a season where I just was exhausted and tired. And I feel like when you go through that season for a long time, especially when you get older, if you're over 30, then you kind of can't figure out, okay, there's so much and it's happened for so long that I don't, I don't know how to stop. And I told somebody one time, I feel like I'm a semi-truck that's slammed on the brakes and there's smoke coming out all the sides and I'm trying to stop and I don't know which way is forward. And my friend told me this simple acronym and it helped me toward the healing process because we are not only spiritual beings, but we're also physical and emotional beings and all that's tied together, right? There's one God, Jesus, right? He's also God, the Father, and he's also the Holy Ghost, which is the Spirit. So we are emotion, physical, and we are spirit. So she taught me this acronym, and it's called HALT. She said, if you feel like you're exhausted, you're tired, something's not right, try one of these. Are you hungry? Are you angry? Are you lonely? Or are you tired? And I'm sure there's a scripture somewhere in the Bible about that. I haven't found it yet. But it helps along with prayer, along with, you know, taking time to take a, take a breath. I have found that a lot of times when I feel like I'm at my wit's end, I'm just hungry. That wraps up our podcast. Thank you guys so much for being on the Unashamedly You podcast. I just want to say a great big thank you to all of you that joined us for the Unashamedly You conference. It was an amazing time and we know the sacrifices that were made for all of you in the room and we're forever grateful. So many of you that couldn't be there, but you sent messages and prayers our way. And again, I'm just thankful for all of you in this community. My cup and my heart are so full and I am grateful to be among such an amazing group of kingdom-minded women unashamedly walking in their calling. We couldn't have this community if it wasn't for you. So keep being unashamedly you.